Hey superstars, welcome to another week of the Virtus Performance Podcast. Uh, cheers to all of you and your families for listening, uh, for sharing and subscribing and all that stuff that I'm sure you probably haven't done. Uh, but if you are enjoying it, I would very much appreciate it if you could do so and then we can get a few more ears listening uh, to me ramble uh, and me talk to some amazing guests. Today's awesome guest is Eliza Keck. Eliza is the social media manager and a bunch of other stuff, basically the communicator of all things science and finance and just awesome stuff awesome complicated stuff that us mere mortals don't understand as well as she does so her role as the social media manager for the CSIRO uh, the National Science Institute is to basically turn the complicated into simple and to help get stories out there really important uh, stories about how we can make the world a better place and how we can uh, save the human race from extinction and things like that. Uh, So yeah, we had a really cool chat about how she got into the position, uh, about all her amazing fun facts, about all the cool shit she does and a little bit about the human race and where we're at and you know, basically just me talking rubbish because I have no idea what I'm talking about. So hope you guys enjoy it. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Omnidirectional, it's unidirectional. You're omnidirectional? Yeah, your faces. Wow, we've started. Oh. (laughs) How are you, mate? I'm good. I've got a cup of tea. Why do we have cups of tea? Helps. um, Well, wait, which answer do you want? I don't know. Throw an answer at me. Dry July. Can't have a gin. (laughs) I love gin. Welcome to the Virtus Podcast. I'm sitting here with my lovely friend, Eliza Keck, Mm. who's a superstar human. But I asked her if she wanted a gin, and she didn't want a gin because she's doing Dry July, so she suggested tea instead. Mm-hmm. Why tea? Well, because warm... Oh, okay, that's where you wanted to go. Warm warm um, drinks uh, can help make your vocal cords um, kind of relax a bit, and so it's an, it's an old radio trick. That's good. So me drinking, radio gin, journalism. me drinking copious amounts of gin... Well, that can milk. relax your whole body, I guess. Well, that's probably true. The gin. Then I just start talking rubbish. <laughs> Why, why are you doing Dry July? Because Sam was doing it, and my husband, and I was just kind of like, oh, okay, sure. And you just thought, why not? Yeah, it's not harmful. Al- alcohol is the, um, by far the most um, detrimental al- drug in, in Australia. Like, it causes the most um, yeah. problems. So, so you thought a month nice. off, why not? Yeah. I never, you know what's funny? I barely ever do say no to a, a drink, A, because I love a good drink. Play on. But B, because I'm so, and you wouldn't get, you would never know this, but it's like the whole, oh, you're pregnant. <laughs> and it's like, oh, fuck off. So you just, so you just, <laughs> so I just drink anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 
typical Australians, right? I know, right? all drink. I know, I know. Mm. It's, it's pretty interesting because, like, Sammy was talking to me about Dry July a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, and this is the last time we're going to talk about Sam because no one cares, basically. Mm. I care a little bit. <laughs> but he asked me if I wanted to do it, and I said, oh, not really because, I don't know, I don't like conforming and stuff. Mm. But I said, oh, I'll do a month without alcohol starting now, which was about mm. three and a half weeks ago now. Yeah. And it's fun. It's crazy how much you realize you just do things without really thinking. Mm, like exactly. There would there would have been it's, it's been what three and a half weeks. There would have been like fifteen, probably 10, 15 times where I would have got like been in a situation where usually I would have just had a beer or a glass mm. of wine or mm. a gin, and I've had to go whoa, like this mm-hmm. is normal, and it's really yeah. easy to get into those habits. Yeah. Have you um, found it easier or harder as you've gone? Um, <clears throat> I've found it. I found it easy. I haven't really found it hard, but I've like I look for. I look at like some of the things that are coming up in the next like two weeks. And I'm like, oh, it would have been good to have a couple of beers there. Yeah, but my birthday's just... in July. Oh no! <laughs> so I haven't done it before, but I might. I might cheat that day. Cheat that day, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's really interesting because it's it's something that we like. We take sugar out of our diet, or we take soft drink out, or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. and it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, first question sugar's an interesting one sugar talk to me tell me about sugar no 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 just uh, the fact that everyone um, obviously sugar in high quantities is not good for you does lots Mm. of nasty things changes the brain and stuff but but you know how everyone's like oh don't give my child sugar they'll go hyper there's been a double blinded test where um they found that it's absolute bollocks. Really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, a like, myth. red cordial Sugar, things are myths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole red cordial thing, complete myth. That's they found that parents, regardless of if they gave the child a placebo or actual sugar, yeah. if they told the parents they'd given the child sugar, no matter what the child had or hadn't had sugar, they're like, oh, no, they're way more hyper. That's really interesting. And if they, yeah, and the reverse is well. That's crazy because yeah. it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like, well, yeah. parents go, my kid's going to go hyper when... He loads up on sugar. Well, he's probably going to get hyper because you're expecting it. Well, if you say it. it to them as well, they're going to be like, <coughs> they're going to hear oh, it. Oh, okay. Sure. I, I thought that on the weekend when, so KP did some babysitting, uh, mm-hmm. her nephew, and she was told, oh, he never sleeps well, or he always asks for, asks for mum. Mm. She's like, nah, he's not going to ask for mum. Mm. And, and he didn't. And mm. I, I was thinking about it that afternoon. I was like, how much of that is her yeah. belief that she's not going to do it and how much of it normally is the parents believing it's going Wanting to be a thing. their child to yeah. want them. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty crazy. Mm. But it's, I don't know, it's really interesting to see that that's the way we behave. Like we Absolutely. kind of tell ourselves a narrative or a little story and expect mm. it to, to play out. Well, storytelling does affect our brain chemistry significantly. Oh. It's so many fun facts. I love it. This is, guys, this is going to be a, an hour and a, hour and a bit of just fun facts. <laughs> fun facts with Eliza. That's the podcast name. Um, I took over. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Virtus <laughs> podcast is done. We're now fun facts with Eliza. Yeah. Give me a fun fact. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Oh, um, I get pretty excited. My job's pretty awesome. Um, what do you do, mate? So I work uh, for CSIRO, so National Science Agency. What does CSIRO actually stand for? Ah, uh, ha, um, Oh, gosh. Commonwealth, <laughs> Commonwealth CS Scientific Institute of Research Organisation or something. Cool. Something like that. should probably know. know that. Maybe. I should. I don't. Not important. Not important. Can't make memes out of that. No. My job is to make memes. So. And you're only like 
tiny bit kidding. It's actually your job. Yeah. That's the greatest job ever. <laughs> so you work for the National Science Organization. Yeah, I do their social media stuff. That's amazing. Um, yeah, so basically the way I see it is that I'm flipping good at turning really complicated things into something people can understand. So I'm like a translator for English. <laughs> From English to English. From science to mm. idiot speak or regular science person or speak. Finance or yeah. I've worked in quite a few industries, but always complicated health. I worked in finish health for like five years or four years. Yeah. Same same deal. How'd you get into the job you're doing now? Oh um well, I applied for it. <laughs> As in this specific job. I've always yeah. been pretty keen on science and stuff. And yeah. just um, yeah, Sam. Oh no, Who? I don't talk about him. Nah, talk about him. No, Play no. On. Well, he when we met, we were both in uni, um, and uh, he was studying zoology. Yeah. I used to sneak into his lectures and listen in, and just learn stuff. Just learn stuff because it's fun and you can. That's like, true. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. But um, yeah. So it's funny because we both went into our degrees both with the same goal but with completely different avenues so I went into communications uh, because it had a lot of um, film radio broadcast kind of stuff and Sam went into because I have and I still have a vision of of creating a documentary a nature documentary awesome Um, I've got a storyline and everything I just need to get funding and then um, he went into uh, zoology for the same reason (laughs) we both want to be David Attenborough (laughs) yeah for those that don't know, Eliza's partner, who is batting well above his average, uh, also has also been on the podcast. He talked about David Attenborough for about an hour and a half. So, Did he? Yeah, he talked about Oh, I couldn't listen bit. to his podcast because it was like being at home. <laughs> That's great. I love Boring. that. I love that. Um, so you both want to be David Attenborough. That's fair. He's yeah. a pretty amazing human. Yeah, he is. Um, I love watching the like, Planet Earth tacos and the mm. stuff like that. Just, and he's legit just a wonderful person. Yeah. I, I was working with Ray Martin one time. Yeah. And he... Um, it's first name drop. Good from you. <laughs> um, oh, can I say you were challenged? This has reminded me. Yeah. Uh, you know how you have your bell for... Yeah. I, I want to make the bell... I want to make the bell for every time you say 100%. Oh. Where is this? <laughs> That's going to be hard. It is. And I'm trying to not say 100%. 100%. All right. There's one... <laughs> Don't say a hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway, so when when <laughs> when Edinburgh came to Australia for he's done a few tours, um, Raymond's the interviewer, and you kind of don't think much, but he was actually really good at it. Anyway, so I was, saw him, yep. and everyone's like, "Oh, can I have a photo with you, Ray?" And all I was like was, "You've met David Edinburgh! <laughs> oh my gosh!" And I asked him what he was like, and he said he was just like the truest gentleman, That's like amazing. ultimate gentleman. And I was like, well, so one degree of separation from David Edinburgh. <sighs> So I was getting there. I'm two degrees of separation from David Attenborough. For sure. Yes. Oh, you know what? You're probably two degrees from separation from like a lot of people because my dad was a journalist. So really, you met a lot of famous people. I haven't met your dad though, so that means it's no, three. It's three. You can we'll meet him if you want. <laughs> done. 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 He so love you. Oh, <laughs> he's super I'm enthusiastic. Sure awesome. He likes enthusiastic people. Is that where you get it from? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd you grow up? Um. Oh. Just eastern suburbs mostly. Yeah. North. Ball. So you didn't grow up on the peninsula. No. Moved down for the boy for what Did was meant you? to be a two-year uh, business <laughs> that he was going to open and flip. Uh, was he? <laughs> didn't happen. No. Mm, no. So. 
What was it like? What was it like moving down here? Because like I, I was, I can't remember what I was talking about it, but I couldn't. I don't think I could move away from the peninsula now. Like mm. I'm set. Like yeah. I love this place. I had a huge. Uh, this is going to sound really weird, but a culture shock. Yeah. It's so white, and yeah. the school I grew up in, I was literally one of two white girls in really? my year level. So it was really, I got so used to that and I'm like, where's my Asian grocery store? And (laughs) I can't just, yeah, buy the spices I want at the supermarket anymore. And everyone's subtly racist. (laughs) So that took a while. Unintentionally subtly racist, right? Oh, completely, completely, (laughs) completely, um, not on purpose, I'm sure. But, um, it's just the reality of when you don't know something, you tend to make assumptions. Hey. Yeah. True. True. So what, what got you into, so apart from wanting to be Dan Ambra, mm. what got you into like doing communications at uni? Yeah, uh, probably, I would have loved to be a journalist, yeah. but that's a dying career and this is probably the next best thing yeah. because I am effectively, I'm just finding really interesting people and interviewing them. I'm just like a science journalist, except, um, yeah, a bit more strategic stuff, which is also interesting. So it's a bit broader than journalism in that sense. It's quite fun. Yeah. Why is journalism dying? Mm, that's a complicated question. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, there's so many reasons. Um, society has a bit of a um, distrust of authority, yeah. I guess. That's part of it. And so journalism, as, as, as ad- the advertising landscape has changed, um, uh, mainstream media hasn't adapted fast enough and so therefore they started losing money. And instead of trying to change their model, they went into a uh, system of of um, just cutting back and trying to do more with less. Yeah. And that resulted in poorer journalism, which resulted in people not wanting less to pay distress, for it. Yeah. Like, I would, and yeah. And then there's a social media element in there as well. Yeah. I kind of hate myself and love my like my job. It's like well, I'm <laughs> contributing to this problem in a way, but um, yeah. So your job wouldn't really have existed ten years ago. What oh, you do now? It did not. No, which is pretty cool. What mm. did you? What was like the steps from from where from your communications degree mm. to where you are now? Where like talk me through the okay. different things you've done. So, you've done some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. So when I was in uni, I worked in film set on film sets a bit, um, in production, kind of more management side of things, which I kind of hated. Yeah event management, all that stuff I hate. And then I went into a um, not-for-profit down here, uh, which was awesome. Still is awesome. I'm still part of it. Awesome. Um, just as a volunteer. It's it's called Community Caring, and it does the, the program I'm still involved in. is called Coach, and you basically come alongside a at-risk person. Yeah. In my case, I did youth coach, so an at-risk youth person, and just be there with them. And it's amazing what it's like. I still remember the day I asked this this girl I've been with for, um, gosh, like five, six, six years. Yeah. Um, we were playing, I don't know what we were playing. I was like, if you won the lottery tomorrow, what would you do? And she couldn't answer it for the longest time. Sorry. She That's couldn't right. answer it for the longest time. And then when she did answer it, she said, I would travel to Shepparton or something. And that was her big dream. And it's because when you're growing up in a really dysfunctional family situation, that part of your brain, the imagination and the ability to to dream, I guess, completely gets shut off. And it's it's pretty sad. (laughs) It is sad. It is sad. And that's where having someone else to help you kind of show you something else. I took her to the shopping centre for the first time and I took her to all these things for the first time and it's really cool to see how 
Oh, I mean, she's choosing her own things and she's doing, like, you know, but um, I'm there. So yeah. when things Not go wrong... Not everyone's lucky to have a mentor like you to look up to. Oh, I wouldn't say she looks up to me. I'm oh, more I bet the, you the she emergency, does. I'm the emergency card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when things go pear-shaped. <laughs> pretty crazy how, like, that can be someone's normal or that mm. can be someone's... Like mm. world where going to Shepparton's a big deal. Yeah. Like sure, like nice place, but but yeah, that was her winning the lottery. That's yeah. my big thing. I could do. Yeah. Going on a, a road trip. What would you do if you won the lottery? Oh gosh. Um. Well, I'd never invented it in the first place <laughs> because <laughs> it's so stupid. But I guess if I won it, I would. Um, damn, I wouldn't tell anyone. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, just make investments in things and then kind of... Keep living your life. Well, help people out, I was thinking, like, do things but just on the quiet. Yeah. Maybe make a trust, actually. That might be the best way to do it. Make a trust and then you can... Because part of my working in the non-for-profit is applying for grants and yep. and all that kind of stuff. And if you can um, make a difference that way, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Definitely. Hmm. Make the world a better place, hmm. really simply. I wouldn't not work or anything. Like, gosh, I like working. <laughs> then the world would have no science memes. <laughs> yeah, references to Fallout. Um, yeah, computer games. Give me so like, tell me that fun fact. What did you post about today? Oh, um, okay. So today, I was, before I forget. Yeah, okay. I posted to that today. I kind of made a reference to a computer game, Fallout, which is pretty popular. I I'm a bit of a loser. I like computers which is why this why does that mean you're a loser well um it's i'm kind of in a perfect job hey that didn't exist 10 years ago because it, mm. it combines computers with um communication my two favorite things and um anyway so chernobyl right we all know chernobyl um uh had the equivalent of 400 atomic bombs drop on it um in a fallout effectively um and that meant people left 30 kilometer radius from the area for the past half a century almost coming up and um basically what's happened is now it's starting to get a bit safer um researchers have been going in and stuff and there were all these um rumors about this giant pack of wolves living there um they're quite endangered um and everyone's like oh you know there's apparently this this pack of wolves anyway and so yeah researchers have gone in and they've found that yeah all these endangered species in spite of the fact that they are battling you know some um you know, maybe you'll have more stillbirths, for example, out of a litter of puppies. But they're actually the impact of 400 atomic bombs on their survival is less than having people live there because <laughs> they're actually thriving. Which <laughs> so, is so depressing. Yeah. So nuclear warfare is better for the earth. Well, than if we than all humans. went, if we all disappeared, things would be ticking along all right. But you know, yeah. there's there's an option we can you know kind of find a middle ground, hopefully. How do, you, how do you find out stuff like that each day and then carry on living your life? What do you mean? Like, I've known that fact for quite a while, yeah, actually. Yeah, but, like, but you keep rolling through new things, right? Like yeah, stuff like that. every day. Does it make I you learned. optimistic or pessimistic for the future? Oh, super excited. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, it's just like fun that every day <laughs> you learn something new and you're like, oh, what's going to be next? Yeah. And, uh, some, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Like, oh, what was one the other day? It was, there's an exoplanet like a planet outside of our solar system called Kepler AB13. Mm-hmm. 
and it has a, a different sun and it rotates around the sun kind of like how our moon rotates around earth so it's got like one side always facing the sun one side yeah. not and on the on the side that's not facing the sun it um snows sunscreen <laughs> so you'd probably Genuinely have to go, snow go sunscreen. yeah you'd have to go to the titanium oxide so you go to the, the that side put on your sunscreen run over to the hot side and then Burn to death, actually. <laughs> you wouldn't survive. <laughs> but anyway, is it, how weird is that? That is very anyway, weird. I don't know. That is crazy weird. Yeah. Things are fun. Yeah, life's fun. Yeah, right? There's so, There's much, so much we don't so know about stuff. it. That's kind of the cool thing. There's like, like every time I see you, you seem to throw a couple more facts at me. Ah. <laughs> but there's still so much yeah. that we don't know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, the big thing, the big thing for me, the the... Um, goal is to not just throw a fact when I throw them at you I don't care but oh, wow. in my job yeah. my thing isn't to just it's throw a fact at yeah, someone it's partly it's that it's well you educate but also influence change right mm. um, and so to do that you need to kind of have a bit of a story arc what's you know there's different ways of calling it um, dramatic arc or story yeah. arc and um, if I do that effectively people should feel distressed and then empathetic so they f- get I think it's Oh, man, I didn't do much in biology, but, like, I think it's cortisol and oxytocin. But anyway, so then they – the reaction, and the more oxytocin someone has, the more likely they are to be empathetic to and then, like, uh, respond to your story. So if I'm talking about climate change or something, um, I have to find a way to do it to get the audience to a point where they're going to see it as um, something they feel empathetic towards and then that influences behavioural change. So interesting. Yeah. So a lot of my job is kind of psychology in the sense that I need to understand a person's motivation. Yeah. So general public. So I do a lot of sentiment surveys. I like data. So I like sentiment surveys. We are two very different people. (laughs) I look through all of the social media is awful and amazing. Awful for you and amazing for me (laughs) because it captures everything. So I can look through all the content I've produced and what worked, what didn't, and kind of work out why through analytics what to do next and then figure out what to do next to get my message across so what which part of it's more important because I guess it's really easy for a lot of people just to throw stuff out there like people that are trying to induce change to just throw stuff out there oversaturated aren't we it's it's oh there's this really old statistic and it's completely off now but back when there wasn't social media it was something already like you would see um oh like 400 pieces of content every day yeah and that's before before so now it'd be it's ridiculous it's i don't think i haven't seen a study it'd be a stupid number yeah what so what do you think what's what's your kind of tact for getting your messages out there and getting people to actually change their behavior is it just the hook and then well i think that the key is to get that motivation so what motivates them yeah and then when you know what motivates them and what interests them, you can use those two facts to kind of... Manipulate them. Man- well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so then absolutely. they actually Manipulation what- isn't necessarily... I mean, we have negative connotation for it, but yeah. that's literally... It's influence. You could say yeah. manipulate or influence. influence just a it's the same, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so after the non-profit or yeah. after you moved on from non-profit, you obviously kept doing it. What was next? Yeah, so I went to Peninsula Health then. Yeah. Um, in fundraising and then um, so I learned a lot about fundraising and then um, moved into social media that's when my, I first got into social media and um, then ended up oh, in charge of the media and 
communications for the for Peninsula Health. So that's like uh, 13 sites plus two hospitals. Yeah, so that was more issues management, strategic um, content creation, yep. that kind of stuff. Yeah, so fun, so interesting. Why, every day. why was it fun? Oh. Which, part, which part of it's fun? Oh, okay, so it's not fun when someone, like, writes to you and says, I miss the passing of my father because I couldn't get a car park. And I know <laughs> yeah. the reason. And I know the reason is something that our hospital, we're hamstrung and we can't fix, for example, and it's actually a government problem, but we can't say that because the government gives us money. So, you know, it's a very yeah. complicated a place mess. to be, right? Yeah. But I, um, But then I would be like, okay, right, I need to write a story. Um, I'm going to go talk to a first-year surgeon and ask them about the first time they had to tell someone that their loved one had died yep. and what that experience was like and how they deal with death. It's so interesting. That's incredibly right? interesting. Yeah, and that's where you've got to, like, you're given a sort of assignment perhaps from the CEO or something, I need, I need money for this and I want you to tell stories about this and then that's what I enjoy. It's like a puzzle. I've got to work out a way to do that. Best to it. Yeah. So if we're, say, we want to share a story on, say, broccoli lattes, <laughs> what would be the best way to do it? Oh, no, no, no. See, there, that was um, that was the hook that I made. Yeah. The, the, the beginning of that story was farmers have a new revenue stream potential. And it was going to go in the weekly, which is a <laughs> regional yeah. newspaper. <laughs> sure would grab a lot of people's attention. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, the, the audience initially was for farmers. And so I said, oh, let's do something more with this and... Broccoli lattes uh, came out of that. It's not meant to be used in lattes. <laughs> yeah, it works. But it was a... I got German Playboy asking me for photos and information, so I know I've made it in a in my what job. When <laughs> sexy. For those that are living under a rock, <laughs> CSRO developed what broccoli powder, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah out of um, waste product, effectively. Well, not waste product, but what, um, what we would call waste. Yeah, food loss, which yep. is, um, yeah, the parts of the broccoli that wouldn't go to the supermarket. The stem, ugly broccoli, yeah. Not all broccoli mm. is created equal, unfortunately. No. It's so sad for the broccoli. Poor broccoli. <laughs> yeah, no, food, food waste is a huge problem in Australia. And it's, so CSIRO's whole vision is to kind of stop it at the source. So, I mean, I know people yep. are quite aware of like, oh, in my garden I need to, you know, have compost bin and stuff. That's great. But the much bigger impact will be if we know to produce the right amount at the start, just yep. in terms of your carbon footprint print and, um, so you know, the energy. For guys that, like, don't know much about CSIRO, what is, yeah. what is the role or what's the intention of the CSIRO? Oh, gosh. What's its job? Like, there's like, overarching. There's, like, 20 points. Yeah. Don't, don't Load up. Every day I'm there, I learn about a new area that we work in yeah. that I didn't know. Like, seriously, and how, same how with how people who are there 10 years. Yeah. That staff around Australia yeah it's it's, like that was the same as Peninsula Health Um, but it's more um, just the breadth of kind of work we do it's so broad Um, but basically it's to make um, solve problems to make a better future I guess you using science that's a broad statement gee I'm turning into a (laughs) (laughs) oh dear There's, there's nothing nothing wrong with having that broad statement because then each of the different areas are going to delve into one specific thing well Um, yeah I've been we have a new director and I've been helping with that because strategic kind of communications is where I get off so I um, have been helping kind of distill a lot of messages into something straightforward what's been the hardest part about that about taking the complicated stuff and turning it simple 
So that in itself isn't difficult. It's yeah. the managing of people that is quite complicated. So internal politics is something. So you need to have a bit of a high EQ yeah. in an organisation like mine. Because yeah. a lot of, I think, oh, there is a statistic, but it's something like we have a lot of people who may have super high IQs, but we have a lot of people with um, uh, mental health you know, conditions that and autism, things like that, that yeah. might mean that you're going to be a bit unable more... to communicate those things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then you have a lot of assholes who are like <laughs> old science. There's this old gonna, scientist yeah. kind of vibe where they little girl and um, yeah, okay. uh, also what's the other one? They they actually have disdain for the public, and they yeah. don't want the public to know their important information because it's too important for them. So there's a lot of like, people should just trust and, me. Oh, yeah. so egotistical. Yeah. That's that's academia. Yeah, it's not just science. I think. What's it like being in that environment as someone that's communicating all of the good stuff they're doing? It, doing it from through all the shit. What's yeah, it like being? It there? can be pretty exhausting, but yeah. um, I think the it's just about manipulating people, right? So yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So I just have to work out their motivations when I'm talking to them. It's it's yeah, and then um, kind of come to a compromise to make sure that they're happy. Mm. So it's like sometimes I lose. Sometimes yeah. a great story gets missed because. They won't get it across the line, but... Um, Do you have a favourite story or, a, like, a most profound story that you've ooh. been able to get out there and... Like, I mean, in terms of, of results, the Broccoli Latte certainly was our best performer. It's one of the best stories they've had since I've been there. Yep. In terms of they had people trying to buy the IP from America and they had, like, really? five major food producers contact wanting the product. And well, so because you meant... You know, CSIRO creates problems and then we commercialise them so that we can get money so that we can still you know like yeah where does, it, where does the funding come from because is it probably about government? 40% yeah governments but probably about 60% yeah, yeah. and then 40% is just you guys our are own IP it. Yeah. yeah but but because the reality is not everything we do is going to be something we can sell yeah. like climate science isn't something we can sell mm-hmm. um, yeah. I'm really interested to see or hear where, where you think like the world's going with climate change and stuff because obviously there's mm. Trump kind of backflipping on all the US mm. stuff and where's it going from a scientific standpoint? From a scientific standpoint, it hasn't changed for yeah thirty odd but, years. But yeah, but obviously the political standpoint yeah. standpoint and the I guess backlash. understanding and the backlash and things like that. Well, and well, that's where I see our job is our being the communications team job more yeah. vital than any other time so because scientists facts don't change people's opinions yeah. they, they don't why not it so should is there's, there, is there's there even, an evolutionary reason why that's the case yes there is talk to me no Come I can't in. remember the details oh. and I don't want to give you half a story but no, there is um, but no what I will tell you is a different one um, a study where they um, got people with a really strong opinion in that case they got people who thought vaccines cause autism yeah something clearly proven wrong the guy made it up whatever um but um and they got these two groups so people who were like oh yeah yeah definitely causes autism those who were like well obviously not yeah um and then they told each group um well actually we found new evidence to support your argument and yeah. the response was i knew it 
you know, yeah, absolutely. And and then if they said, actually, we found some evidence that proves disproves what you think, and they're like, well, I don't believe you. Not not true. Yeah. And it actually polarized them and made them even further apart in their opinions. Yeah. What they found worked very well um, was to find a common ground. So okay. you've got to find where people. So they found they didn't mention autism. They would just talk about diseases that you want to protect your kid from because yep. really what's the root of it? All these people want their children to be yeah, safe, right? And so they, they frame the conversation around that, around common ground. And if people have common ground, they very, very rarely will fight. Yeah. And, they'll, and so from the uh, – where I think people have failed from – scientists, communicators perhaps have failed in this climate change debate is that – They've just been jumping up and down saying, but this is the facts, this is the facts. And it's yeah. like, no. No one cares. Well, why are these people freaked out about it? Mm. What are they worried about? And why didn't this issue happen? I was speaking to um, Paul Cremels, one of our, our senior scientists, about he does work in um, the ozone layer. Yeah. Um, fun fact, it's never had an ozone hole over Australia. That's a myth. Really? Yeah. Do you know why we get so sunburned? Why? Our air quality is awesome. So, radiation doesn't bounce off. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Anyway, well, I was talking to him when he told me this fun fact. But also, um, I was like, well, so when we discovered the ozone hole, like, governments around the world acted and it was really easy, right? And so why hasn't that happened this time? And and it tends to be that, um, well, partly we've got a changed culture authorities no longer who we look to for yep. advice we've got a mum blog that says that <laughs> oh, no, you know that like crazy. <laughs> yeah. just eat almonds all day and then you'll raise your iq 10 percent or something i don't know really yeah i told you so it's true oh good. i'm i'm a scientist you heard it here first mm-hmm. almonds almonds yeah. almonds <laughs> yeah but anyway yeah so so um it, it's the big challenge and the big way we can solve it is by finding that common ground yeah and that's something that's really difficult to do because we have such disparate communication channels and we have such mm. strong echo chambers yeah. within social media. Because we surround, like, we only follow the people that we agree with mostly. Absolutely. Um, it's highly dangerous. Yeah. Extremely dangerous. And we only consume the media of the people that we agree with usually. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. we're not actually, like, in a position to be told we're wrong very often. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What are, what are the... Confirmation. Yeah, confirmation bias, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the guys sent me a message yesterday. So I've seen Virtus merch everywhere. I'm like, no, you're not. You've seen it probably three times. <laughs> maybe a couple. I bought months. a yellow car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lives up in the cities, and it's like mm. you've seen it a couple of times, a couple of months. But when you see it, you think about it, right? You don't mm. notice all the people in Puma stuff. Now the same thing when we buy a new car, right? Yeah. Uh, what are the? Are there like a couple of? I don't want to give you a number because mm. feel free to load up on it. But there are a couple of like science fact or science. Um, misfacts or mistruths that people believe are true majority of people believe are true that you just mm-hmm. like no well the climate one's a big one yeah <laughs> where we just all in our team just roll our eyes and part go, of me oh, just goes gosh. surely that's too obvious people are just taking the piss oh no 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 <laughs> we have oh, actually I really love the conspiracy theorists yeah. when they come on board I'm <laughs> so happy it's so fun to just read them As, and yeah. oh my gosh um, like we had um, and they're they're persistent those are the ones like the flat earthers and the I survived mercury poisoning because I ate kumquats and we get all sorts of stuff and it's fantastic word of the day kumquat (laughs) go eat one you'll solve your mercury poisoning problem (laughs) yeah because like obviously there's the big ones like climate and flat Mm. earth and like 
vaccines chemtrails um the flu vaccine is actually one that's a bit more contentious people like are less clear i think yeah um even though it's the flu, just get a vaccine and you might feel sick for a day, but you know what that means? It means your body's reacting to the and it's fighting it, which is a good yeah. sign. The more you react, probably the better you're going yeah. and the less likely you are to get the flu later. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. I'm just, just like debriefing all of my anxieties. No, what else work. you got? <laughs> throw, them, throw them out. I find those ones really interesting because, like, again, the people that are listening are probably the ones that... Uh, frustrated at chemtrails and mm. and the talk about that there isn't global warming and, or climate change and all of those different things. Yeah. So we're just talking to our own echo chamber. So we're talking about echo chambers yeah. to our own echo chamber. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, there's so many little things that people just pick aside and stay on it. Mm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's it takes a lot for them. It takes a really, I think, a brave person to change their opinion. Yeah. It is an evolutionary thing that you have to kind of stick with what you think. It's, yeah. it's really hard to change that. And so then, yeah, I don't know. Do you, like, what are the things that help us change our opinions? Do you know, like, is it self-awareness? Is it introspection? Is it... Um, oh, it's so many things. self in a position to actually hear the other side of the story? Oh, empathy is massive yeah. if it's coming from an external source. Um uh, for example, if someone uh, tells you, oh, you're always doing this and stop doing that. Yeah. Um, depending on your personality, that might or might not work. But also, more importantly, it, it, how you empathise with them will impact how much you can. I don't care if I do that. That's not you. You know, I might be annoying you, but that's yeah. not my problem. Well, then you're not going to change. Find a, find a way to bridge that gap, like I said before, mm. and have that common ground mm. that people can get around. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Where do you see your role going over the next couple of years? Like, will it change or will you just keep... In terms of social media? Yeah, social media. As a platform. Or what you want to be doing? Oh. Um, Two questions. Go social media as a platform. How okay, so so social media is a platform. Um, something that I've brought in or championed pretty strongly from a strategic perspective is to be agile and, and constantly moving. And so we need to be really... Um, so Facebook, for example, we would regularly hit, you know, 2 million reach or whatever. Yeah. And Facebook changed its algorithm this year. I don't know if you have a yeah. business page. I do, it. I do, and yeah. it hurt a lot. Yeah, it's because they just want to make money. Yeah. And they just keep... They do this. They've had a pattern of doing it for years. But the reality is the audience is changing and they're leaving Facebook. Yeah. The demographics change significantly. It's mostly people over 25 to 55. In fact, 55 plus is probably one of your largest really? um, yeah, engaged audiences, yeah. um, which influences how people engage is going to influence what they see in their algorithm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so people are changing for different platforms. Personally, I think there'll be something new. I don't yeah. think Instagram, it, they're trying. That's also owned by Facebook. Well, Facebook are just, do, like, bringing in all, all the ad spend stuff and all the business yeah. stuff to yeah. Instagram anyway, so it's going to be exactly the same. Oh, absolutely. So it's just a constantly moving thing. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of drive for people to have um, uh, a platform that's sequential yeah. rather than uh, algorithmic. Um, but, um, yeah, so... From a business perspective, I'm really strong on EDMs, which is a, a like direct mail, um, Wallace Weekly wrap. You know, yeah, you, okay, you so straight yeah. up. Gotcha. Um, because you know what you're gonna get. You know what you're yeah. gonna get. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm trying to, we have a very, we've never really focused on that as an organisation, so I'm bringing yeah. that in a lot because it's something that won't change. Anyway, um, personally, where I see myself in three, five years long. Don't know. I don't know. I really like Just that. Just doing cool shit. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. 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 How's, like, to go back a little bit, how's it all changed since you've been, how long have you been in this role for? A year and a half. A year and a half. Has, how much has it changed in a year and a half? Because, like, mm. I kind of would have been, like, not even 12 months where I kind of properly started jumping on his, like, Facebook and mm-hmm. doing my ad spend and doing yeah. targeted campaigns and all yeah, of those yeah. kind of things. And it's changed, like, in the last nine months, it's changed a stupid amount. So Changed in what way? Significant? Just like, the fact that <clears throat> I could post something 12 months ago and not really worry about about paying for it yeah, 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 and sure. get a decent-ish mm-hmm. um, organic reach and now I get zero. Yeah. Um, how else has it changed? So um, the algorithms adjusted a lot more to be friends than businesses. Yeah. Um, when you post something, it has to be particularly, like, um, engaging. Yeah. So people have to like, share, click, whatever. Yeah. But it can't be um, – you can't share the same thing multiple times. The algorithm – they've become very smart around, like, so you probably won't know this, but when you upload a photo, it scans it and it creates alt text um, of the image. Yeah. Um, in the back end, someone sneakily found it once. And um, alt text is normally used for if I had a vision impairment and I needed this my screen reader to explain what the photo looked like. Yeah. But their algorithms using it yeah. to work out um, what to serve people. So wow. so you don't get three photos of a beach in a row, for example. Wow. And it, it's quite complicated. And things yeah. that certain words that... Um, They'll always, um, you know, penalise you for like buy, uh, win, sign up, yep. any anything that is associated with making money. Yeah. Um, the algorithm shuts that down. Yeah. Tag a friend, tag a mate. That's a new one. It doesn't like them doesn't anymore. Get that. Yeah. Because um, people are sick of memes. I guess. Do you think it's a good thing? I think Facebook's becoming irrelevant, so yeah. I don't think it really matters. Will it? Will Facebook pivot because it's such such. Mm. big NC and it's kind of taking over the world in certain mm. aspects mm. will it pivot and merge, like turn to something else will it transcend its current form Facebook as an organisation yeah. um, already has so yeah. that's why they work so much on Instagram WhatsApp like they own quite a lot of things yeah. you might not realise um, and they're working hard on those things almost more so um, yeah. they're yeah, they're very protectionist. Now they've moved from being innovative to protectionist, so they're trying to sabotage and cannibalise any new platforms that come out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it... What was the question again? I can't remember. What's, what's social media going to look like in 10 years? Oh, yeah. No. No, I can't. <laughs> God. Damn it. I was hoping you'd throw me an idea and I, I remember, I remember make some money when, on Facebook. I remember I went like uh, to a MySpace like free movie ticket night and then um, Murdoch bought it and suddenly <laughs> Facebook appeared and MySpace was dead you know and it's just like it moves so, so fast. fast yeah 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 but like <clears throat> no companies have, have, have companies had a monopoly like Facebook do now like obviously it's got Facebook and Google but on social media Facebook kind of yeah, yeah 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 majority yeah, of the Reddit market, doesn't yeah. have much yeah, yeah. um 
Well, it, it's interesting because, like, so if you look at it from a media perspective, yeah. Murdoch and Packer probably did come... It was probably a um, duopoly rather yeah. than a monopoly. Yeah. Um, but, but certainly they they came pretty... There was there were laws to stop them from getting this fee, yeah. which have changed now. But, um, yeah, no, um, nothing like this has ever happened before. And mm. We're still seeing the effects. But from a personal perspective, like there's a lot of psychologists doing studies on how it's affecting our minds and yeah. behaviour and attention spans and, and opinions of ourselves. Like yeah. some pretty obvious ones around, you know, if I'm seeing everyone's best version of themselves online... And no one else seems to have a bad day. I must be wrong for having a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which, like, I guess for, I don't know, I, I don't feel like things like that affect me much being, no. like, a little bit older and, yeah. and I guess a little bit more established in what I'm doing mm. and stuff like that. But then you look at kids that are born from, say, yeah, 2005 onwards where the only world they know is um, social media and mm. iPhones and mm. likes and hashtags and all that kind of stuff mm. and you wonder how I guess aware they are of or they're going to be in 10 mm. years um, or in 20 years when you've got like two generations coming through that are just dealing with all that yeah well we're the internet generation aren't we like yeah yeah well, I remember when internet first existed <laughs> well not first existed but first became accessible to the yeah. general public in the 90s yeah. and now it's like yeah. We, uh, there's like six devices in this See, room. See, so created Wi-Fi and then it all yeah. went wrong. <laughs> tell, me about that, tell me about that story because like... Oh, it's, or, or it's at a least, really depressing the, story. At least the facts. Well, okay, the facts are that like uh, people, uh, scientists around the world have created different components, I guess. The way you'd think of it is if, if like, um, you know, you had a linear, like a... a Oh, gosh, I'm using my hands and I'm right. talking on the I was going to explain what you were doing anyway. <laughs> no, just that there was a final piece of a big puzzle that had mostly been completed by other scientists. Yeah. And then we accidentally found the final bit of that puzzle. And then uh, literally... What were we looking for when we found it? Because it was <sighs> something something to do with space. Yes. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. remember what? Cause no, I can't. I'm racking my brain at the moment. I can't remember what it is. I can't remember. That's no, all right. Not important. Not just important. Google it, guys. Yeah. yeah. We live in a world where you can do that now. <laughs> but this is the other thing, I think, the, the rise of the internet. And I was reading an article recently around how it's impacting um, and and creating more of a, um, uh, how would I put it, so um, polarising uh, the rich and the poor, right? Mm. So more of a gap. So... To the girl that I hang out with, for example, yep. no internet at home, wow. struggle to get a computer, yep. suddenly she has to have more motivation than all the other kids. She's already not motivated because of her family situation. Yep. To do her homework or any of her work to pass, yeah. she has to go find the library. She has to walk, you know, 30 minutes to the library or something. Yeah. Suddenly she's at even more of a disadvantage than she already was. Yeah. And then, um, so I was reading this article in Africa, actually, one of the biggest issues is they're having a second kind of, um, and this happened with the advent of um, propaganda and, and printing, like, for example, in Russia, when you had the um, uh, the Russian Revolution got rid of the Tsar, it was part, quite 
clearly attribute one of the main factors was the railroad coming through and yeah. more and more information being spread. Yeah. And people were seeing, oh, life in the city looks better, and then they went to the city, and then it became worse because it's overpopulated. And that's all happening again mm. in Africa. So people, there's more people with access to a phone than clean water in Africa right now. Wow. And so those people are seeing, oh, life in the city is great. So they are all migrating. <laughs> so you're getting this huge influx of economic migrants that um, that cities and, and places can't support. And, yeah, it's a huge issue. If you had a magic wand, how would you fix the world or the Ooh, main problems in the world? There's too many. Yeah. Yeah. One what, what would you get first? Yeah. What would you, what would you go first? Oh. Maybe yeah, cross you know, between malaria, clean water. Yeah. Those kinds of things are pretty big, big diaries of massive cause of death. Yeah. Have you had any thought processes around like universal basic income? <laughs> Have you talked to Sam about this? No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, he's I haven't obsessed actually. talking about it. Well, it didn't really work in, um, was it Sweden? I think just tried it out and Did they? stopped it. Yeah. yeah okay. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I just, because well, yeah. as we become more reliant on, Mm. computers and machines and stuff to like we're automating basically as many things as possible yeah that you asked me before if i'm automating a bunch of my business stuff i'm trying yeah. trying um and then goodbye to your accountant suddenly and then sorry, goodbye yes. to your sorry <laughs> not your account well this is the biggest yeah. challenge i faced in when i was working in finance which yeah. was after peninsula health um we oh yeah um, that's what we're talking about <laughs> oh yeah back then back in those days oh uh, yeah no so i worked in um for quite a large finance organisation in the city and yeah. um, basically they were working hard to um, turn become a one-stop shop for people and the way they could do that economically for themselves was yeah. to just Go on. make Go on it cloud. Cool. Well, not even the cloud, but like they created this whole suite of um, software that, yeah, yeah, made yeah. made everything a lot more straightforward. Um, but, yeah, it really? did mean death of the middleman and probably a good thing well yeah except then when you think about people who not everyone is able to be like so for example law yeah so there's a computer um ibm created i can't remember its name but they've created a computer that can basically do the job of most um, paralegals or most beginning yeah. lawyers and yeah. so the the traditional structure of how you become a top lawyer is you you do all this groundwork for ages and grant work and, and you work your way up yeah. now there's a computer to do that first whole section how do they get to the point where they can go up? Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. And so they're actually automation of workforce is, is of the, of the professional working force, not just the, you know, um, yeah. labor and that kind of stuff. It, it, it's becoming, it's around the corner. Yeah. Do, I think like, I don't know, the optimism in me sees that as overwhelmingly positive, right? Like if we get rid of all the shitty menial, not mm. shitty, mm. Bad choice of words. We get rid of all the menial nine to five jobs. Sure. Um, the people just rock up, do a task, yeah. go home. Mm. I think it allows a bigger bandwidth for people to do things that they, or at least chase the things they love to do. Um, yeah. In terms of like, like you love your job. I'm very lucky to love my job. Mm. Like Sam loves his job. Like yeah. we're able to kind of create the the environment that we live in. Mm. I think a lot of people are stuck in that job or uh, situation where they can't necessarily change it yeah and i think it could be a cool like progression um sure. or transcendence of our normal regular mm. everyday lives if we if we're actually able to you know get rid of a bunch of jobs 
as long as it's replaced with something. Yeah. Because um, that's, that's kind of the, that's the difficult million part, dollar question, it? right? What yeah. do you actually replace it with? Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait to have that conversation with Sam now. Oh, <laughs> he will talk your ear off about it. He's very interested in it. And, but I just see it as, a, um, like, we're so much busier now than we used to be, mm. even though we have more convenience than ever before, right? Yeah. And so I think every time we... And I'm not saying it's in a negative, I'm just saying that I think the reality will be that we're going to have um, unforeseeable problems that we need to... Yeah. And if you believe Stephen Hawking's last um, thing, um, AI may kill us all yet. Neural networks. Yeah. Dangerous thing. Yeah, let's not talk about AI. It just freaks me out. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty... I was talking to some of our computer scientists, like... um, the neural networking systems and they're using it a lot for for example for space exploration and uh, we now have telescopes that can get like thousands of gigabytes of data every minute literally like like impossible what's the stat like we get more more data is on like is added to the internet every like two days now than the rest like the whole the whole past yeah yeah, there's something like there's something like youtube as well yeah youtube yeah YouTube has more videos than anyone could watch like in you, history. Like, <laughs> Something ridiculous like that. What? I don't know it. <laughs> is computer, so the computer science is like, I guess it depends on the person, but are they tentatively optimistic or are they like, it depends. we're all going to die? It depends on the person? Oh, it absolutely depends. It depends on what part of it they're working yeah. in, hey. <laughs> um, if you talk to someone who's doing Give me a really simple answer, mate. <laughs> I know, right? I've been working with scientists too long. You can't have a straightforward answer for yeah. a scientist. Our like, interns get really annoyed at us because they're like, "What about this? What about this?" Like with like just exercise, yeah. right? And it's like I'm like, "This depends. It depends. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It, context is king. Yeah. With all these kind of things, so it depends. Yeah. And they get so sick of us saying it depends. Yeah. So now they'll just like ask us questions. Oh, oh it depends, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it does. But yeah. here are the parameters we know. Most and we can likely, work with. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know. I you seem like an optimist. Oh, yeah. Like everything will be sweet. Um, everything will be different. Yeah, everything will be different. Just adapt. Yeah. What's the evolutionary laws? Adapt, change, um, change, move or die. Like, mm. um, yeah. That's basically move our options. Yeah. Move, adapt or die. Yeah, or just be like Bear Grylls, adapt, improvise, overcome, whatever he's on. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> All I can think about is... Um, Too much pop culture. When he eats, when he eats his um, honey and it's a small price to pay and he's like been stung over the face and he looks like Benedict oh. Cumberbatch. <laughs> It's my favourite. Shit. That's <laughs> insane. What's, what's your, like, if someone asks you what's your favourite fun fact, because I'm sure you get asked all the time, surely. I don't. No? I don't get asked that. I just tell people them. Yeah. I'm too excited. I can't wait to be asked a question. Because I remember when I first found out about your job, I was just like, what about this? What about this? What's your, like, what's your go-to couple of fun facts that you tell people? That, okay. Like, just get you more excited than any others. Get me excited personally. Yeah. So I'm quite into animals mm-hmm. right so so my facts tend to be about animals yeah um oh if i was to just pick like one really cool fact that i've learned since these areas are just about australian birds songbirds and parrots we're some of the most amazing intelligent birds yeah. on the planet it's just insane yeah and, mo- and they all originated in australia really? all the songbirds around the world came from us really? when we were, yeah when we were part of gondwana we were on the east, and um, yeah, and they all came from us. And you'll find a lot of South American 
birds, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, okay. Because we were all together once. And then Australia being so harsh and extreme and missing out on the asteroid meant mm-hmm. that all our stuff didn't die when most of the animals around the world died. Yeah. Um, we have some pretty ancient animals that have had longer to learn, to, to evolve, not learn. Well, <laughs> although a lot of the birds learn, which is part of the reason why they're so intelligent. Because yeah. they, live, they live a lot longer than birds anywhere else because they have to learn how to survive in our crazy environment. Yeah. What's the, like... The measurement or the scale for intelligence in animals is it ability to communicate? Is they it... have they have a bunch of tests. Yeah, yeah, and different tests will kind of determine. But the reality is, like we know nothing. Yeah. Like bumblebees, bumblebees. They they did an experiment a couple of years. Bumblebees. So I'm just <laughs> shouting words at you. Bumblebees. They they did an experiment the other. It's the, it's such a cool little video. Yeah. Have you ever seen a bumblebee? They're like these giant fluff yeah. balls. They're, they're adorable. Just flying like a completely mm. random pattern, just like hanging out. Yeah, just they're just real out. slow and adorable. Yeah. Anyway, well, they found if they um, they taught a bumblebee to put a ball in the middle of a target and then it would get sugar. And then they brought a second bumblebee in. The second bumblebee was taught from the first bumblebee how to do it and, in fact, improved upon how the skill set to do it. <laughs> that's amazing. There's bumblebees. They live like a few weeks or some shit. Like, that's insane. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think there's a lot more, like, than chilies, actually. Chili, I wrote this fact today. So, chilies um, have a um, chemical in them that makes them really hot, mm. right? And the reason they have that chemical or the reason that chemical is propagated through Is it through chemical them, capsaicin? Is that it is. Yeah. It is, yes. Ding, ding. One of us, 100%. Ding. Um, the reason <laughs> they have that is because if they... Uh, predated on by um, mammals, uh, you know, we don't travel as far and our digestive tract is quite different and so we usually kill the seeds in the process and and we don't spread the plant. Birds do not have the same pain receptors, do not taste anything hot in that plant, so they gobble it all up and fly heaps far away and they have a real short digestive tract and so they... Don't birds, number one, number two, out of the same hole? Yeah. Another fun fact. Do you know what? What about monotremes? A what? Good old monotremes. Our Australian beautiful special ones. So platypus, Ah, echidnas. They're called monotremes because they have one hole for everything. They uh, produce. (laughs) 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 Yeah, monotremes are extra weird. They're just like some amazing thing. But anyway. What else you got? Keep them coming. I love this stuff. I love this so much. Yeah, no, monotremes. Oh, gosh, I could talk about them for a while. Um, <laughs> kangaroos is also weird. They're different. Um, marsupials, so they have... Um, they're one of the few animals that can decide when to become pregnant. Really? Yeah. So the female will... Decide as in decide when to put out or just decide? No, no, decide as in they'll be... They'll have sperm and yep. they'll have an egg that's been... What? That's been, um, you know... I don't know whatever the term is, and but it, they'll stop its gestation, so it'll yeah. just stay in that. Infant and when they're ready, like, when they're ready, they're like, okay, become a little jelly bean, and then this <laughs> tiny little jelly bean crawls up into the pouch. Have you ever like they're these tiny little things like this big, and they're like a jelly bean, and then they have four teats in the pouch, and they can have different milk coming out of each teat depending on 
different stages. So they might have a Joey that's out of the yeah. pouch but come occasionally yeah. for a bit of milk. With his little brother hanging out. And his little brother will have one status. type. Jelly Bean, Jelly Bean will get one type of milk that he needs for that stage of life and the other one will get a different type of milk from a different teat. That's amazing. And why? I don't, like how? It's incredible. They found a lot of amazing proteins actually in monotremes, so platypus and echidnas because they yeah. are kind of between mammals and so they don't have they produce milk but they don't have nipples yep. just have these patches on their skin I'm sorry no, <laughs> I'm going on don't apologize keep going <laughs> so they have these patches on their skin um, where they secrete milk and the, the kind of um, the little jelly beans like just suck it up right yeah um, what we actually see so found recently um, with with I think it was I can't remember but with a uni was because that milk's just sitting there on the... It's, it's a lot less hygienic, right, than a yeah. nipple. That's the reason why you would have a nipple, because yeah. it's it's um, not just sitting on a surface. And, um, yeah, as a result, um, the milk has these crazy whack proteins in them, and um, they're super good at killing um, bad bugs. And so we're looking at... We've synthesised it and worked in, working out how to wait, because super, super bugs are a big issue, yeah. right? Do you think all of the cures for all of the superbugs and um, diseases we face as humans, do you think they're all out there somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. But I'll put it in perspective, right? I was talking to a scientist who's studying spider venom. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam, she's so cool. And she... So each venom... She's only studying Australian spiders. There's Many, many spiders we've never even discovered yet, right? Yeah. And this is the argument for biodiversity and, and protection of animals. Um, each venom has, like, hundreds of pe- um, peptides? I can't remember the term. But basically every single animal's venom, like spider venom, will have, like, thousands and thousands of different bits to study and each part might be a cure for malaria, might be a cure for, you yeah. know, because, because so spiders are really so good at killing insects. <laughs> well, insects, yep. not mammals. They're actually a really good one to study because they don't kill mammals traditionally. Yep. And snakes and stuff are a bit more. But um, so they're really good at killing insects and obviously our big, the most dangerous animal in the world is an insect. It's a mosquito. So we're trying to Is it the most dangerous people. because it kills the most people? Yeah. 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 That's so heavy. Yeah. And the, is it the mosquitoes killing people? Is it the pathogens that they yeah, yeah, yeah. carry it's, around? It's, yeah, it's things So it's just because they're a carrier, right? Yeah, it's... Yeah. Mm. I'd much rather die like a lion attack or something. Way cooler. <laughs> it would be cooler. It would be. What a way to go. Oh, just gosh. Just get your face munched off. Well, my bro- my, I have a brother who lives in um, Kenya and... and uh, before then he was living in um, Malawi which is this tiny little country um, and uh, they have the fastest snake in the world there they're really? faster than people yeah and so I was like imagine if you get killed and it's one of the most yeah. deadly snakes in the world too Woo! That's, that's a great mix have you heard of the running spider in Australia uh, no yeah I did just, just up, up north I was interested I googled a picture of a uh, baby Platypus. Oh, and it looks like a jelly bean? A gross jelly bean. Whatever you're doing, guys, stop what you're doing. Pull over. (laughs) Google baby platypus. They are the coolest. Or a puggle, a small um, echidna. They're called puggles. And they look like that character from that fantastic beat. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, you gotta. Puggle, echidna. Yeah. 
Look at them. They look oh, gross. They are so weird. <laughs> I know this is not a visual podcast yet. <laughs> they develop their spines later but on. But this is amazing. Because they're in a pouch. They'll spike they up. They look so freaky. It, they kind of look, if you want to describe it, I guess there's a <laughs> character from that Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Harry Potter yes, thing. Yes. Ah, that's they what look they like got that from. Thing. Yeah, nice. Mm. I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> animals. I could talk about animals forever. Here's a question for you. And I know we didn't say we wouldn't talk about it, but we're talking about common folk. Yeah. What was it like, I guess, being on the support network side of common folk as it was starting? Mm -hmm. Because I guess it's something that me being in amongst Virtus and everything that's happening, like I try and think about what it's like for KP to be in that position. So Mm -hmm. what's it been for you to be in that position with common folk? getting up and running yeah. even though it was only meant to be two years <laughs> that was uh, that was a discussion um uh, no it, well when we very first started it um it, it had been something sam had been talking about since we met so mm. it was a long time in his his mind and sarah dingwall his friend who's uh, does some of the studios yeah um and uh yeah no when we we got in one year we got married I was working three days a week at a um, charity he opened he spent a year without pay building common folk physically building it Um, so we were surviving on my beautiful income um, (laughs) which was great and then yeah we built it um, started it and bought a house all in like 12 months it was pretty epic and got married that's amazing it was a big year but um (laughs) nah it's not been that stressful the very first week was a big one for him yeah um and i got to see a bit of that but no um i just keep him in check for like checking out of work and yeah. as it got bigger that became harder as smartphones became bigger that got harder yeah um yeah so i might nag him which is probably not the right thing yeah, to do but um yeah no he's a he's pretty good actually to be fair at switching off yep. um, but that was something I've drilled into him as well no but he's a bit <laughs> Asperger's so he's he, he's definitely on the spectrum or whatever you want to like he is yep. and so he has always been very good at switching on and off and it just got you knew like so Ben came on and it was so such perfect timing because I knew he was at a point where he was like starting to get down on himself because it was just too much for one person you yep. know you can't I don't know what did they have like 80 staff or something mm. and yeah. yeah, it'd be a pretty hectic, hectic job. But I guess yeah. it's cool to be able to, like, now for you two to be able to look back now and like mm. surviving on your wage for for a year. Look, and this is what it's it's quite freeing because it wasn't stressful, stressful yeah. or hard or anything, and so we kind of were just like all right about it. So now, like, we both have earning more money now, and we're both kind of like, oh well, like we don't hold money you earn more, to you high. Spend more, right? Well, yeah, there's that. But also, no, we kind of don't. And so we're like, what, we have money. What do we, what do, do, we with do with it? it? <laughs> I'm not used to this. I'm still stingy. I still hate shopping. Money. I'm just not. Oh, I don't like shopping, so it's probably. A I problem. also hate shopping. Mm. I, um, Sam likes. He likes hobbies, so he buys expensive hobby shit. You've got a hobby. You got a snake. Yeah. It's oh, kind of hobby. It's a joint. It's a joint hobby. Joint? Yeah, that was funny actually, because it was like one day we both were like, oh, we're both like snakes, and we're both adults, and we both have our own house. We're both adults, we can do it. We can do it! (laughs) And and I don't have to feel bad for spending, you know, like 200 bucks, whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Is that what it costs for a snake? 
Yeah, I think so. Something about that. What kind of snake is he? He's pretty old. He's a wormer python. They're a really cool snake. They're an Australian. There's two two species of it. He's one yeah. of the subspecies. Do they, do they bite? Oh, yeah. He hasn't bitten Sam, I don't think. I've been bitten. It what, doesn't What hurt. happened when he bit you? Oh, he curled up around my arm because he's yeah. a python. I was cleaning his cage, so fair enough. I was, in his, <laughs> I was being a bit annoying for him. and yeah. Um, yeah, so he just bit me, and then I just kept cleaning the cage for about an hour because it doesn't hurt really. It's more just like... It's like stepping on a prickle. It might hurt more now. He's bigger now. But, yeah. Um, and then you have to put them under water. So is that what you had to, is that what you had to do? I did, yeah. except it didn't work, and I was scared <laughs> that I was going to drown him. Oh, no. And So okay. you're getting bitten, you worry about drowning the snake, good. Well, yeah, anyway. And so, well, I didn't want to hurt him, yeah, right? Fair. And so he... Because, yeah, what you're supposed to do is put them underwater, and they're supposed to go, shit, I better let go because I'm drowning, yeah. right? And then but he Lumpy didn't. Like, Lumpy's like, ah, I like this. And so he's just biting <laughs> in. And um, they've got the backwards kind of teeth, so it's, like, really hard to disengage and you can't do it one-handed it's yeah. you know, it's a two-hand job so <laughs> i was in a dressing gown with nothing under it Good. <laughs> and i had to text a friend around the corner because sam was working and the moment he came over lumpy just decided to let go so oh, lucky thank well you well done lumpy <laughs> Price mm. averted. Mm. all right we've got a bunch of questions for you mm-hmm. now some of these aren't regular birds podcast questions oh no some of them I'm are prepared. friend questions Okay. Sam questions. Oh. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't know where they go the easy ones first. Can you lie? Nah. Nah. I seriously... It's actually been in my performance, like, reviews. Really? With my bosses. Yeah, because, like, when you're a manager, you have to kind of have a bit of a poker face. Yeah. I'm shit you at it. You just can't. <laughs> yeah. It's really tough. Yeah. Because I just think something and I'll... Say it. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> that transparency is good, though, right? Well, until you can step be. Your foot, put your foot in it. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, I, I'm also though. I don't like to upset people or hurt people, so I try to not hurt people. But also, yeah, no, nah, I can't lie. It's really bad. Who are the coolest people your dad's met? Oh, it depends on who you're into, right? Just go. The who do you think are the coolest? Oh well, when I was in the '90s, when yeah. it happened, when he met Alicia Silverstone, I was like. I don't know wow. who that is. Exactly. Who that? Clueless, the movie? No. Oh, bless. No. 1998, Prime. Um, oh, okay, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's into... Okay, well, that's amazing. What about all the all the guys from those movies? Um, what's, the, what's the other one? Stallone. Like, oh, he's met all those guys. Cool. Um, he was telling me the other day, actually, about how Stallone was... Stallone's tips for... Weight loss and weight gain. Really? Yeah, because he had to um, gain a bunch of weight for a movie. Yeah. And and Dad asked him if it was hard to um, get back. And the thing he said was like, oh, I, I thought it would just be like, just go back to the gym and it'll be all fine. Yeah. It was actually really tough. Um, and it wasn't just go to the gym, it was diet and it was so much more. And Funny that. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Who are the coolest hey, people you've met? Oh, I haven't met anyone that exciting. Who's the coolest people, person you're going to meet? Oh, David Edinburgh? No, I hope. not that one. What? Well, that's cool. Oh, Dr. Carl. But, yeah, I might actually meet him. That's so but, cool. Oh, okay, yeah. I love Dr. Carl. Yeah, so yeah. He's, he's amazing. I, I talked to him, and it was like he was in the middle of filming a commercial or something, so we couldn't talk very long, and he was just like, oh. Um, so we set up a time to chat when he was free, and then he was like, 
um, what was your name again? And I said, oh, Eliza Keck, K-E-C-K. Yeah. It was loud. And he goes, Keck, Keck, there's a Keck telescope in America. And I go, yes, there is. <laughs> yeah, huh. And he was like, how? I said, how do you know that? And he said, oh, it's my job <laughs> to know things. And I was like, oh. So it's kind of your job to know things now as well, though, right? Oh, I hope so, yeah. So do you want to be the female version of Dr. Cup? Nah. No? I want to get other people's stories out not my I'm, I'm boring I don't have much to say Bullshit. I just have other people's stuff to say yeah. no well yeah anyway um, but no coming on this podcast is for me learning to be able to be the interviewee mm. it's difficult has it been really hard not to just like Oh, I, I have like questions. 10 questions I want to ask you. <laughs> Throw them at me. No. Well, do you we'll have do, another hour? Maybe we'll do part two. We'll do can part I, two can I interview you, can, you? Oh, shit. Yeah, sure. Oh, mate, I'll get you crying. Oh, right. I'm going to have you. You're just going to give me the hook and then you're going to get some empathy oh. out and then I'm going to cry. And then I'll, I'll change I'll, your behavior and you'll... I'm uber emotional, so yeah. Oh, are you? Uh, I have two I emotions, so. happy and angry. Oh, no, I don't want to say angry. Angry a lot. Oh, it's really common. <laughs> but it's, it's a fast-burning thing. And then you straight back out. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about leaning in. I have no idea where this is going. Oh, it's a book by Sheryl Sandberg. Uh, She's the chief finance officer, I think, for Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. No, so... Should I read it? Yeah. Is it good? Yeah, I've got it. Um, it's a bit like death by information in terms of his 500 studies proving Uh, that there's... Can you summarise it for me? Well, it's basically talking about women in the workforce and so the idea is to lean into your job. There's a certain period in which is pretty much where I'm at right now in in women's career where they find that they lean out of their job for multiple reasons, some of which are their own mindset and some of which are the workforces. Like right now is probably the most dangerous time for me to try and get a job. Because anyone who interviews me is going to be thinking, oh, she's been married for a while, doesn't have kids, I yeah. don't want to hire her. Mm. Like, they wouldn't say it, but yeah. they think but it. Yeah, but that's just a logical, logical? Mm. For rightly it's or the rightly. assumption. Assumption. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Kids but on anyway. The, kids on the way? <gasps> no. Um, but anyway, that, that <laughs> book's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's Well, she, she um, walked in and became like the uh, an executive at, I think... Um, Yahoo when in the 90s when it was a big deal she was like six months pregnant and said no I want this job and they're like oh okay (laughs) and that's the whole argument of lean in that's boring Mm, yeah I don't really want to ask this we're going to do it anyway Mm. this is from Sam ask her about the time she tied me to a chair no it's not that exciting (laughs) it's really not a story to tell good carry on next question everyone can just use their uh, use their imagination (laughs) (laughs) I'm a lot more innocent than other people is how I'll put that story I didn't realise connotations (laughs) (laughs) that's great that's great Um, oh jeez you've thrown me that's good Uh, what gives your life meaning and purpose oh that's a different question who do you reckon that's from you nah oh not Sam Oh, Brooke, of course. Shout oh, bless her. <laughs> bless her. She loves the things, the feelings and loves the emotions. Yeah, she's like a female you. Let's talk about our feelings. Yeah, fair. <laughs> how are you going today? Good. <laughs> good, thanks. I do like asking people how they feel. Mm. I just Genuinely asking someone how they feel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And reading them. 
my mum's a psychologist and then learnt all the so you learnt all that stuff mm. what's the like the main cues you see or that you look for when you uh, read someone it's give, stuff me, give that, me one like, it's stuff that one. most people would be aware of it's body language yeah. generally so it's it's hands over your face when you're feeling a bit embarrassed or, or lying or not making eye contact yeah. Um, yeah, so you just got a closed off kind of body language. You go, oh, what is that about? Maybe they are someone who connects with touch, and so you give them a pat on the shoulder, and maybe they respond better or yeah. worse, and then you know how that goes. And it's just kind of working out how people who, who people think. are and how they react and stuff. Yeah, I love the like love languages stuff. Yeah, like, that stuff. Like, do you know what Sam's love so language is? According to Sam. He'd say quality time. No, he made a new one. Of course, he, he can't did. make a new one. And it's called teasing. He says when he teases me, it's him being loving. For someone who likes words of affirmation, yeah. that's bullshit. Yeah, so that's just, <laughs> yeah, it's complete opposite. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, meaning and purpose. Hit me. Meaning and purpose. Damn. Two big words. I know, right? And you can interpret them how you will. Um, what gives me meaning and purpose? Um, meaning, probably an answer for both of them. Definitely, faith is a part of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm a Christian, and that's a, a big part of my life. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I work in, with science. You'll be surprised how many scientists are of faith. It's not a, a very uncommon thing. I've at all. started to understand that a lot more. Yeah. Um, since I guess surrounding myself with Sammy and yeah. Benny and Tommy, yeah. and it's I, don't know, I find it really interesting. How do mm. you describe the balance between the two? Between science, science is just an ex- explaining. That's all science is trying to work yeah. things out. Yeah. It's not, it's not the, it's just, so I guess you could put it like, um, so a lot of Christians struggle with the idea of evolution, right? Mm-hmm. And it could just be that evolution is how God made this happen. Like yeah. why does it, it's kind of like, I, it's the same reasoning behind like why I don't understand and cannot understand, but why Christians were so scared of the world being round, like how that impacted their faith. Now, <laughs> in hindsight, you're like, I don't even understand the Happy, correlation. Yeah. But I'm sure there's things like that now still, yeah. and that's where, yeah, it's important to be a bit open and aware. When you say the term God, what you, what's like, paint us a picture of what you mean. Oh, um, oh gosh, it's too esoteric. It's, it's <laughs> so many things, yeah. right? It's 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 um, a spiritual thing. It's it's motivation. It's um, hard work sometimes. Is you know um, what that what God is. That's what probably why I love like ecology, animals, that kind of stuff. Yep. Whenever I'm in that situation, that's really evident that this is like oh, so cool. Like I don't know. I just find that shit real cool, and it's like someone just organised that for me. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but not just for me, for everyone, and I don't know. Yeah, it's a driver for a lot of things, I guess. Mm. Yeah, meaning and purpose. Probably also my per- from a me purpose, like what my purpose would be, is to, um, oh gosh, why did I set myself up with that? Um, well, helping other people is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool how so many people's, drive and purpose can yeah. come back to simple things like that and yet you'll find so many of those people might have really opposite opinions about how to do it yeah opposite even though they have the same thing it's something I, I um, said to myself in primary school when two friends were fighting and they both separately came to me and told me the problem <laughs> primary school it was probably something like playing four square or something and they actually both wanted the same thing but they explained it differently 
And so I, I was big. I was like this tall in primary school. So I just <laughs> grabbed them and threw them together and I said, you want this and so do you. And then they were like, oh. <laughs> and I forced there's them that, to that really communicate coming through, right? Yeah, but like from then I have kind of made this fake statistic that I've always stuck with is 90% of all problems, arguments are just miscommunication. Hmm. It's important to try and... How do we communicate better? Oh, um, take time. Yeah. Good advice. Slow down. Yeah. Figure out what you actually want. Because most of the time we're arguing about shit and we don't actually know what we want. Well, there's also the whole thing of most of the time we're arguing about shit we don't understand. Yeah. And that's where I'm so nervous. Like, I couldn't be a Dr. Carl. I don't understand half the shit I'm talking about. Yeah. I understand to a certain level because I have to. But, um, like, if... Uh, it's this whole phenomenon that, and it's increasing in our culture. So um, people's bias of um, what they think they know, and so if you you think that you know the things that you interact with every day, yeah. can you explain to me how a zipper works? <laughs> teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like teeth that cross over each other. Yeah, but that's and that's but this is the thing. So as soon as you get people to try and explain something that they think they yeah, know that's cool they become a lot more open to they, they realise their their um, their amount of knowledge well how many people would have stopped and actually think to, thought about how a zipper works right no yeah but so, so but everyone would think inherently that, they that they'd be able to explain it yeah so it's to do with what we think we know versus what we actually know yeah and once you kind of pair that back and make people realise that and that's how we've been wired because we have to be a society and we have to trust you trust that super works because you trust the person who invented it. Yeah. Made it yeah, just work test, test it out and test. see that it works. Yeah. Still going. But also, Zip is probably a bad example, but you trust <laughs> the doctor with yeah. the CT scan and you trust those things and that's be- yeah. that's how we're wired. And I think the problems start to... Like, we talk about scope of practice in our business a lot. Because yeah. Because, like, personal trainer, dietitian, um, strength coach, physio, all have an overlapping scope of practice. Absolutely. But they overlap one end and then they're separate on, an, on another mm-hmm. end so like a lot of it's understanding as a professional what our scope is mm-hmm. and then as a um, like when do you take someone a, from oh yeah. this is the physio thing yeah. like, oh I think you're ready now to go to yeah. this and it's, and some, like it's, there's never like it's not always black and white lines like for example we usually as soon as someone in the gym has pain mm-hmm. go see the physio and mm-hmm. diagnose what's going on mm-hmm. but for many different reasons sometimes it's okay let's try this or let's some people don't want to go see a physio some Mm. people can't afford it so that you've got to dance in all that great and figure out Mm. how it works I think like we have I don't know I think we have a responsibility or every profession has a responsibility to know what their scope is Mm. and to be able to just like a little handball off when it's outside it Um, because when people argue about stuff that's outside their scope and they don't know what the fuck they're talking about yeah um, which is like I'm sure I've done it multiple times, but mm. I try not to. I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, really, it's really hard. That's when you have to have that take a step back and... Yeah. And actually check what, what, what you actually know. Check that yourself. Is, know, know is true. Yeah. Check yourself. Good. <laughs> what are you grateful for? I'll exercise my grateful muscle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Too much. Like, I don't know how to answer that because it's too many things. For my birds and snake and dog, for, you know, my family, for my job, the people in my world, for the things, the skills I have to be able to help others and... Yeah. Good answer. Everything. I'm alive. 
I'm in a country where I have healthcare. <laughs> like, We're a pretty fortunate part of the world, eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you done much travel? Uh, a bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, quite a bit. What's your, been your favourite place you've travelled to? Oh. I lived in LA as a kid Did for a you? while. That's yeah, cool. yeah. I had an accent. It was awful. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was, but that's a fun place to grow up in because everyone's extremely po- like positive. Like it's a very different culture to Australia. Yeah, we're, we're shifting. Tall poppy syndrome isn't a thing there. Yeah. it's a really Australian thing. Yeah, or English as well. Why, why do you think that is? Well, we don't want to look like we're American. Stupid Americans. They're so up themselves. and That's how you get on American Idol singing and you're awful at singing and you say, but my friend said I'm good. Like, like so we're, the fear, right? it's fear, right? Yeah. But um, just have some self-awareness and don't get get too cocky. <laughs> Be self-aware. But it's really good. But it's a good, it's a good place to grow up in yeah. in that sense, you know, to let kids thrive and try and is there one travel destination that you haven't been that you want to go to Ooh. like if, there, if you go to one place right now where would it be oh, South America or Antarctica it's awesome yeah I know right yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Antarctica would be um, I might go there with work so that'll be just jump easy. on a ship yeah we have a research vessel called Investigator I'll carry your bags fine <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you want to. It goes through the ba- um, down from Tasmania, and it's really choppy seas. I think it, South, Southern that, Seas like the, the the. Is that the kind of thing where everyone gets seasick? Everyone. Yeah. Everyone. I don't get seasick until you've been there. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You spend about three days in your room, apparently. Really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it calms down, and then you're in Antarctica. It'd be pretty magical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My friend from work went and said it was pretty epic. Flew some drones around to film the whales. It was pretty cool. <sighs> That stuff just gets me excited. <sighs> yeah. Makes me want to travel more. I shouldn't have shouldn't ask the travel questions because yeah. it just makes me want to jump on a plane again. Mm. Where but, would you go next? Oh, good question. Next. I don't know. Well, I think I think my next trip will be Philippines. KP wants to go to Philippines. <gasps> I've been there um, a few times. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, my yeah. one of my closest friends from primary school is half Filipino. Awesome. So I've gone over there a lot. Yeah, I don't I'll know. Tell you a few places to go. I don't really have now now like South America like. Patagonia was number one, Machu Picchu, Iguazu Falls. And, like, I did those. So, like, they were the ones in terms of, like, amazing parts of the world. Mm. New Zealand was one, and I ticked that off. Yeah. Do you feel like you ticked these places off? Not not ticked them off, but just, like... It's one of my most hated phrases. I've done Europe. Yeah, good. What the fuck? Been been to. Getting on it. Thank you. Been to. Um, I don't know. I don't think I have... Went to Japan and mm. saw the snow. That was, like, mind-blowing. Wow. Um, I want to do Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah. Yeah, go I don't really have one place. Like, right now, no, I, know, I, I don't have one place where I'm like, that's where I want to go. Burning, yeah. But I want to spend... You want to spend some quality time somewhere, hey? Not yeah. To, not I, like, quickly. I think, like, a six-week, five, six-week trip is kind of perfect for me. It is. Um, such a good amount of time. Yeah. Because you get long enough to disconnect. First two and a bit years, two and a half years, yeah. Well, Sam and I took our first ever, like, big trip last year. Yeah, it was Europe, yeah? Six, yeah, six weeks, I think. Yeah. We went seven weeks, maybe. Yeah. That was the first time. that We've been open since 2013. I'm hanging out to be able to grab KP and go away for yeah. six weeks. It's going to be yeah. awesome. It's I don't big. know where it'll be, though. Maybe Europe. Maybe the US. The US, I just want to do work stuff, though. Too much, like, oh, really? strength conditioning like go to Muscle like Beach the mecca, no different kind of <laughs> it's like the mecca of like 
um, strength and conditioning and elite sports with they're all very all the sports over there they for one there's a little bit of money in it compared to Australia yeah. um, but there's so many teams so there's so many professional teams and majority of the sports over there are all strength and power based or majority yeah, yeah, strength yeah. and power based so you've got NFL and um, and basketball and all oh, those kind sure. of sports that are all like yeah Big, all got ticket. big, big, um, big colleges with yeah, lots, lots of, of money and lots of facilities, and yeah, they don't pay the players, but that's beside the point. That's, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a different, different argument. I have friends who went over to America for college for sport, yep. and it was a hard slog. Oh, it's insane! It's like just yeah. Anyway, a different <laughs> argument, for, a different discussion for a different day. Yeah, American schooling system. Mm. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't want to ask you the education question. Yeah, well, if you could go back to school or if you could have some impact on the curriculum, what are the two subjects you'd add to it? Oh. Um, I would add to it. Mental health first aid. Yeah. So giving kids that kind of um, stuff. And... Certainly something vocational, more vocational kind yep. of practices. But I guess that stuff is available. It's just that there's a bit of a um, cultural disdain of it, I guess. Yeah. So maybe that's that's a, that's a societal problem rather than the subject. Um, yeah. That good too. Good. What advice would you give the 15-year-old version of yourself? Nothing. Nah. Just figure it out. Yeah, I, I, I just keep on keeping on. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> Fifteen. Year nine. Life's that was a good easy. year. It <laughs> was fun. That year, I decided I had to learn a new word in a new language every week. In a different, so a different, different language. language every week. So you learned. My school was very multicultural, yeah. so I was able to smash it out. I got a lot. I can't remember most of it. <laughs> and I remember some Swedish and Greek and Russian and Mandarin. That's probably it. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, South America, like, two months ago, and I still, I've forgotten all the Spanish. All the Spanish? Like, yeah. I've like, forgotten it all. And it's different between North and South, like, different parts mm. of the country. And yeah. 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 And you say the same word in two different countries, and it's, like, completely different. Yeah. Yeah, I just bit my tongue a lot most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> what are you most proud of? Ooh. Most proud of? Mm. Oh. I'm not a very proud... F- well, that sounds up myself. I can't think of an answer, though. Pat yourself on the back for something. Yeah, right? That's tough. Um, hmm. Probably generally just, like, I'm proud of, like, when I can get a story out that needs to get out yep. and and perhaps wouldn't have otherwise that's pretty cool yeah yeah that's a bit more generalist hey yeah but it's lots good. of little things I don't think there's one major thing I'm proud of cool yeah but you had about a million things you were grateful for so I'm sure you're probably yeah well this is my problem with life right <laughs> do you know what I looked <laughs> this at this is my problem with life go fill us in I, I looked at an old CV actually the CV for the job I'm currently in yep. my cover letter I was brutally honest in hindsight. Lucky I got the job. I wrote um, about me and I said, I'm overly enthusiastic about almost everything. <laughs> and that was like about me. <laughs> it's all, but it's all like, like directed enthusiasm. Mm. Like there's not, I don't think there's wasted enthusiasm. No. Nah. Nah. You, you get people excited about things you're excited about. 
Yeah, I hope. To change behaviour. Well, hopefully. I usually have a I usually have a goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do like having um, a reason Good. for doing things. Alright. Bunch of favourites to finish off with. Oh, I'm not good at this. That's all right. First thing that comes in your head. Favourite book? Ooh. Again, I'm, these are all just going to be books, not favourite. But um, <laughs> read I Am Legend. Yeah. It's a real short story, and it's nothing like the movie. It's quite a good book. Good. Hmm, just read it. I have a rule with books. If, if two people suggest the same book, two people that I respect suggest the same book, I'll buy it. Yeah, I can't imagine many people have... Read I'm Legend because they've watched be honest, that awful didn't know movie. Didn't book. Yeah, it's the first zombie book, really. Uh, great, great movie. Will Smith, get around. Completely him. different book and way better. <laughs> All right, I, it's like quite full on. I read it in one sitting. I might break my like rule overnight. Break my rule and just get it anyway because I might have it. I'll awesome. see. I'll see if I have it. If you do, I'll read it. Good yeah. from you. I like zombie books though. When yeah. I was-y. Is it going to happen at some point? <laughs> Look, how does how does a human? Hopefully race? not next week when I'm in the laboratory. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> with all the viruses. <laughs> yeah, don't be the first. Uh, yeah. Don't be Pro, um, patient zero. Patient zero, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Favourite movie? Oh. Shine? Yeah, well done. 90s kid. Um, uh, David. It's a movie about David Helscott, which is an Australian um, classical pianist, but it was Jeffrey Rush. He won an Academy Award for it in 98. I'm failing I miserably with 90s movies today. Oh, I. This is like the only one I've That's watched. That's zero from two. <laughs> Favorite way to spend a Sunday afternoon? Oh, walking the dog and having a cup of tea. Shout out to Pavlov. Shout out to Pavlov all the time. Oh, and maybe teaching my birds a new trick. <laughs> what's the, what's the be, what's their best trick? Oh, none at the moment. No. Oh, I'm trying to make them breed. It's it's. I'm putting all my effort into that. Anyway, Sam accidentally bought me a boy and a girl. He thought he bought two boys. I came home and I was like, uh, that's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> so much for studying zoology, right? <laughs> Favourite um, quote? I wrote one down. Ooh, did you? I, I, have a really, I have a really bad memory. Um, or I have too many things going on. Yeah, I'd go with option two. Yeah, I don't think you have yeah, a bad memory. Um, I emailed it to myself. It was Henry Ford from memory. Um, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have just said faster horses. What? No. No, not that. No. My favourite Henry Ford quote is, if I'd asked people what they want, they would have just said faster horses. Ah, good, good, good. Yeah, he was a pretty phenomenal person, really. Revolutionary. Very racist. Oh, yeah, for sure. But comes with the time. Whether believe you can do a thing or not, you are right. Good. Yeah. Elite quote. Yeah. Last question. Favourite way to consume new information? Mm, Audiovisual. I'm quite visually focused. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Perfect. Give me a good photo. But I push that on other people. It's it's human. How can people follow CSRO and you and all the cool stuff you do? Oh, I don't ever do much with my own stuff. But well, um, you should. Nah, I'm boring. Um, CSRO, uh, just search CSRO on Facebook. Go to CSRO-gram on Instagram or Cyro, at CSRO News for Twitter. The reason you follow us on Twitter is basically for every day we make a hashtag four o'clock fact, and at four p.m. every day we'll send you a fact. Might have to get back on Twitter. Just for that, I wouldn't go on Twitter for anything else. It's a pretty <laughs> nasty place, mm. but go for that. Yeah. Good. Four o'clock facts. Yeah. 
Really good. Hey, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, oh, by the way, tell me about the comp. You guys are running. Oh, the genie, genie yeah. gene face. Yeah. Will this air before then? It ends on the 15th of July. Maybe I better expedite this episode. Okay. We'll see. If not, okay. it doesn't matter. Well, we discovered a gene, or a guy at my work, um, Cam, and a few other people with him, that um, it regulates um, a lot of our immune system and how it responds to things, so it may have some pretty major implications for cancer, arthritis, uh, the flu, all sorts yep. of things that are um, in that bag. Um, and it's 500 million years old, but also our scientist, Cam, he has the rights to name it, and he decided he wants to give those rights to the public. So you can name a gene. It has cool. to start with C, and it has to kind of relate to the gene's function. They're the two rules. And it cool. closes on the 15th. Nice. Get around it. Yeah. I, 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 saw, I saw Colin on Facebook. Well did done. you? Yes. I didn't even like it. I'm sorry. Why do you hate me? I thought <laughs> it should be Colin. Um, because it was it's so like, inspired. It's an old gene. It's probably a guy that would wear jeans and runners and oh, it started yeah. with seats. You're, so you're insulting so many Collins around the world right now. Sorry, Colin. <laughs> no, no. See ya. Do you know any? <laughs>